This is Dr. William Renner. Thank you for joining what we think is the best podcast on evidence-based medicine in America today. I'm here with famous gastroenterologist and internist, uh, Dr. Alan Safdie, who's written more than a thousand peer-reviewed articles on clinical research and who's at the cutting edge of medicine. Dr. Safdie, today I want to talk about exercise. Can too much exercise kill you? Bill, that's a fascinating question. Um, and people, you know, we have people that say I have a finite amount of heartbeats and I don't want to use them up exercising. Um, back, you know, you and I are old enough to remember Jim Fix, who died while running at age 52 in 1984. And he published the complete book of running. Part of the problem was he died after a race and didn't cool down. So, you know, that's your greatest risk is starting exercising and ending exercising to warm up slowly, to cool down slowly. But let's go through some data. Um, we have some data for joggers in Rhode Island from 1975 to 1980. And there was one death for every 792,000 hours of exercise. Um, if we look at health clubs with 3 million members, so it's a limited amount of health clubs, but there was one death for every 2.57 million workouts. Um, Marathon runners, although everybody talks about cardiac risks, and I've done a bunch of marathons, um, you know, looking at 10.9 million participants in half and full marathons over a 10-year period, there was one cardiac arrest for every 200,000 participants. So let's look at the sedentary individuals. You know, if you're habitually sedentary and sit on your rear end all the time, you're 50 times as likely to die during vigorous exercise as those people that are already in shape who exercise that way for more than five times a week. So, you know, we can talk about some of the benefits of exercise, which is really, you know, one of the most important things. So no, can it kill you? Yes, anything can kill you and we're all gonna die. Um, you need to check with your physician before you embark upon an exercise program. You need to do it in a reasonable fashion. It's not something you can go out and start and work out for an hour and a half tomorrow if you haven't done anything and always talk to your physician first, but let's talk about a few. Yeah, reasons. I, I would, I would encourage people to, especially if they're a little bit older, they're smokers, they have risk factors, family histories to talk to their doctor and think about having a stress test before you start exercise. And that way you're, you know, you're sure you're going to, to, to uh, be okay. But that's kind of my take on it. Um, uh, go ahead, Alan, go ahead with your so, points. So, you know, if we look at reasons to exercise, I, I gave you reasons that you um, probably shouldn't. But if we look at all-cause mortality in a large study, if you exercised, you know, just so, so all-cause just for people who are listening, all-cause mortality means what? So, all it's a good question. I sometimes I don't think of what I'm saying that people are going to understand it. So that's a great question. So what we look at is cardiovascular disease. Uh, dying of heart attacks, strokes, dementia, and cancer. Uh, we don't look at automobile accidents and other things. Um, so if you look at those defined reasons and you exercise just 22 minutes a day, there was a 31% decrease in mortality. So that 22 minutes a day, if you tell people you got to exercise an hour a day, a lot of people won't, they'll quit. But 22 minutes a day of moderate exercise is tremendously beneficial. Um, if we look at an hour a day, you got some more benefit, but only 8% more. So your best bang for the buck are those first 22 minutes. And I'm not saying and that's with aerobic exercise. There's other benefits to weightlifting, which I do. 
and everybody should be doing and you do. Um, but let's talk about some other reasons besides decrease in death is sleep. You know, there's studies with the 16 week exercise program and we looked at sleep alone and improved the quality, duration and ease of falling asleep in healthy older adults. Gallstones. Active women are 30% less likely to have gallstone surgery than sedentary women. Doesn't mean you won't have gallstone, gallstone surgery, but you're less likely. Colon cancer, and we've known this for years. The most active people have a lower risk of colon cancer, and we have lots of studies to that effect. It lowers the levels of a certain hormone called prostaglandin A2, which is, say, this inflammatory hormone that accelerates colon cell proliferation. It slows down your intestinal motility, so for constipation, for colon cancer prevention, quite beneficial. Diverticular disease, those little pockets and pouches that people develop um, throughout you know, their gastrointestinal tract, and we've shown a 37% decrease in symptomatic, people with symptoms of these little pockets or pouches getting infected. Arthritis, we used to tell people don't exercise that have arthritis, and we're showing Regular moderate exercise, whether aerobic or strength training, can reduce pain swelling and reduce pain in people with arthritis. Anxiety and depression, you know, brisk walking curbs a lot of the symptoms of those. Um, we used to call them natural opiates. It's anandamide, the chemical that's released, and it takes about 25 minutes to have release. Lowers blood pressure, uh, just exercising three times a week. Lowers your risk of type 2 diabetes. Um, Women who walked at least three hours a week had a 40% lower risk of diabetes, falls and fractures. You know that as we get older, and you've seen it and I've seen it, people in the hospital are breaking bones. They're falling over. We used to, it, you know, not only aerobic exercise, but balance training should be done in people. Weight training should be done. Uh, and osteoporosis decreases the risk of osteoporosis or thinning of the bones, uh, which starts in middle age and older people. So those are just some of the things. All right, let's let's start about a program, okay? We've got these people listening, and um, uh, let's let's talk about a program to get people on. How do they get started? So, I mean, the most important thing is you already mentioned. Make sure it's safe for you to start, and then if you've never exercised, I think a personal trainer initially is fantastic. I don't think you need to have a personal trainer for years, but a personal trainer to show you. You know, if I have you for 10 or 15 minutes, I can show you with one set of weights how to use biceps, triceps, you know, pecs, all the different muscle groups, having the trainer work on balance training, and then just start walking or cycling at a lower met rate or a lower metabolic rate. Um, but average walking, average walking alone uh, had a 20% lower risk of mortality from all causes, not even at a tremendously decent pace. So I think you, you know, need to I, I think walking is something that really everyone can do. Even during this epidemic, put a mask on, go for a walk, you know, stay 10 to, you know, I try to stay 30 feet from other people. That's not really possible all the time, but put a mask on, go for a walk. And the more you walk, the longer you live. And there's even studies you've, you know, you've told me about before. They took 90 year old people in a nursing home. 90-year-old patients in a nursing home. They exercised and started walking half of them, and the other half, they just stayed sedentary. The people that started walking lived longer. Uh, unbelievable results. So just walking, a simple thing that really all of us, hopefully, all of us can do. 
you know, that's right. There's a graded relationship between exercise and the development of chronic, common chronic conditions. So the more you exercise up to a point, you know, there was decrease in cardiovascular disease, diabetes, chronic lung disease, chronic kidney disease, other cancers. And if we look back at people in advanced age who exercise regularly, they're about 10 years younger in terms of motor skills. So your motor skills get better when you're not sedentary. Um, and as you said, it doesn't take a tremendous amount of exercise. Um, we can go into other ones, how exercise can even help fight tumors independent of chemotherapy. Um, but we look at telomeres, which is the end caps of your DNA. And if you're sedentary, that part of the DNA that reproduces, it's the most vibrant part of your DNA, essentially. It's the very end of each DNA. The more you sit, the more salt you take in. With lack of exercise, those telomeres reduce in size. Okay, yeah, and for, for the people who don't know about telomeres, telomeres are on the chromosomes, and the longer your, your telomere, the longer you live. Is that correct, Alan? Is that how you see yeah, it? I mean, they're protective end caps on chromosomes, and they shorten with each round of cell division. And when they reach this critical length that's so short, they signal the cell to stop dividing. That means suddenly you're aging tremendously. So shortening influences, you know, if it shortens enough, you get cellular aging. Other things that make them shorten more, smoking makes them shorten tremendously. Uh, emotional stress, advanced age, you know, lack of exercise, all been shown to reduce telomere size. And we've done studies all the way down to kids. We looked at adolescents who had sedentary and high sodium intake and their telomeres were shorter. So eventually we're not going to look at you, Bill, and say, hey, you look X number of years age. We're going to look at your telomeres and say, boy, you have the telomeres of a 30-year-old, but here's the small little improvements to lengthen those telomeres, to make them continue to reproduce. Um, and stop dividing. So I think, you know, that's a great place to stop. I mean, we could go through this forever, but I think that this is, there's really being frightened of exercise is not worth it. Check with your physician. If you're already in a program, there are benefits to trainers. And one of the things, you know, we always think of two types of exercise. We think of aerobic exercise and weight training, but we forget the stretching that goes along with it. We forget the balance training. Um, you know, a lot of people as they get older can't even stand on one foot with their eyes open or closed. Don't do that at home, please, uh, without somebody, without a trainer. But there's lots of balance training that we show people how to do. So, you know, think about all the multiple different types of exercise. Uh, that was a that was a great uh, great talk and uh, really inspiring. We just, uh, come on, people! It's uh, COVID. You know, we're all stuck in the house, but you can uh, put on a mask, uh, put on your walking shoes and uh, uh, start walking. If you're going to start an exercise program, talk to your doctor. Make sure it's safe. But exercise, exercise will help us. And remember, uh, this, this epidemic is going to end. Uh, you know, this too will end. Um, Alan, uh, thank you so much for your help. And, if, if, and for those of you who are listening to this podcast, please uh, be sure to like the podcast and subscribe to our channel and tell your friends about the podcast. Thank you, Alan. Thank you, Bill.